Hi, this is Tom Soane, and I had a discovery call yesterday with a young lady who's got £36,000 of cash that she has herself, but she also has um, her brother who's got another £10,000, and they want to invest together. They want to start their property journey, and the goal is to just generate an income and grow their money rather than it just sitting in the bank which we all know is not the best place for it to sit and by the way i'm not ever saying that having money in the bank is a bad thing i'm just saying that there are better things that you can do with it um, rather than it sitting in a savings account not really generating much growth um, but do you know what? There are going to be loads of people in the finance world, in the property world, in the investment world who tell you that having money in a savings account is a terrible thing. Well, I don't know. I disagree with that, but I just think there are better things that you can do with your money than have it sitting in a savings account. Anyway, I digress. Shocker. I know. But so I had this discovery call with this young lady, a very pleasant young lady and a very ambitious with what she wants to do, which is awesome. I love seeing that. Um, and with £36,000 herself plus £10,000 from her brother, I think she's got a really good start to be able to get into property investing. Now, this lady lives in London. So the chances are with that amount of money, it's going to be very difficult to buy a property for an investment in and around London. Certainly um, certainly in that sort of area because of the property prices, they're so high, as everybody knows, and the immediate surrounding areas are also quite high. Now, she could venture a bit further south, um, sort of towards the southeast and uh, sort of south central areas of the coast, um, where she could pick up a lower priced property, maybe a flat or a very small uh, one or two bed house. Um, so we talked a little bit about that uh, because then, you know, if, you, if you've got that amount of money, then you want to work out what sort of deposit you will have to put down on a property once you've paid for legal fees, stamp duty, uh, surveyor costs, any refurbishment that you might need to do, any buying fees, auction fees, uh, or anything like that that you might need to pay for in order to buy the property. So we worked that out, and generally speaking, she would have been able to buy around the south something in the region of about 100 grand, maybe a little bit more depending on the property. Cool, so that's option number one. And by the way, this lady just wanted to uh, get into buy-to-lets, maybe a flip-to-let if there was an opportunity to do that. Uh, but really, focus on getting a buy-to-let, starting the property journey, start the money coming in, and start her money growing. So we also talk, talked about properties around other areas of the country as well. Um, now she's got roots both in uh, Manchester and also in the Northeast as well. And both of those areas, in my opinion, uh, Manchester is still good for buy-to-let investment, I think. Um, there has been a lot of investment activity in that area, meaning a lot of people have bought a lot of places and ridden the wave of growth in value in that area over in the northwest uh, but you know as with anywhere there are still definite large growth areas up in the north definitely worth looking at if you want to invest and you've maybe got a smaller amount of money or even if you've got a larger amount of money good places to invest up there 
Um, and hey, if you want me to connect you up with uh, people that source properties in the north uh, and also in the south, then uh, let me know. All you need to do is just email me. Um, we'll book in a call. I'll have a quick chat with you over the phone to determine what sort of things that you could and couldn't buy or should or shouldn't buy. Um, and then I'll connect you up and uh, hopefully put you on your way to uh, buying a property. But either way, anyway, I digress again. <laughs> You're all used to it by now, I expect. Um, but anyway, so yeah, we talked about properties up the north and what she could buy, let's take the northeast for an example, she could probably buy a really good three-bedroomed house somewhere around the 60 to 80,000 pound mark, which will generate somewhere around the six to 650 per month in rent. Mortgage payments are gonna be really low, somewhere around the 200 pound a month mark. Uh, and once you've taken your maintenance and your management um, and any other costs involved, it's a decent, a decent investment that's gonna generate good returns. Now, personally, I think the Northeast is a good bet at the moment. That's my opinion, it's a bet. It's, that's what this is all about, isn't it? What I'm doing is I'm analyzing some data, I'm talking to some people that know, um, and then I'm, I'm making a bet on whether I think that bet is gonna come in or not. And you work out the odds, don't you? So I like the Northeast at the moment. So we were talking about different types of property up that way, um, which could generate a good return on investment and reasons why that money might grow in value because the property values up that way, I think they're gonna grow over the next few years. I've certainly bought a few properties up there now, so I think the benefit of growth in that area are, are gonna be good. I'm not saying they're gonna be long-term, um, and I explained this to this young lady, I think they're probably gonna be over the next five years, so I'll monitor that. And if at some point I think we've reached a good peak, then I may well sell, but we'll see. It's all about yield. So we talked about different types of property, yes. And we also talked about different types of tenants you may well attract um, for those properties, what sort of rent values, what sort of growth value she could hope for, um, and what sort of cash she would need at each different stage of the purchase. Because remember, you don't necessarily need all of the cash on one day. If you're gonna buy a place through auction, for an example, you'll need a bit of cash for the auction fee and a bit of cash for the sourcing fee, perhaps. That's on sale agreed. But you don't need your deposit until completion. And you don't need the stamp duty and legal fees until completion. So that's when you need the next bit of cash. And then if you're gonna do a refurb, you don't need the money for the refurb until after completion. And even then, you don't need all of the money for the whole refurb all on one day. And I would actually advise anybody who's doing a refurbishment job not to pay for the whole job in advance. Never, ever, ever pay a contractor for a full refurbishment in advance. I've made that mistake personally, and it didn't work out so well. But, so I would advise you, and I never, ever, <clears throat> pay any contractor in advance for the full job. The way I do it is split into four sections, four quarters, and I pay each quarter once that part of the job is complete. Um, simple as that. And if any contractor demands the, all the money up front, then I would probably worry about their financial status. I'm not saying this is for all contractors, by the way. And sorry if you're a contractor listening to this, 
uh, and you have high integrity and good financial status. I'm just saying that me personally, I've been burnt. I know a lot of people that have been burnt in the same way too. So my mitigation of that risk is to not pay contractors in advance. And I do question the financial status of a contractor that needs all the money in advance upfront. Um, there you go. Anyway, I've digressed again, as you know, but the, the overall summary here was that this young lady had a total of 46,000 to invest. I've given her a couple of options that she could look at, which would be to invest in houses in the North. She would have enough money to be able to buy the house, add some value, which I think is important, add some value, benefit from the growth in that value either immediately or in a couple of years time. And that can be by way of um, buying a property that needs a bridging loan and then refinancing or buying a property with a buy to let that's gonna grow in value over the next two years and then refinancing. But either way, um, pulling that money out and getting as much of your money back out as you can so that you can go again. Now, one question she did ask was that she didn't fully understand the whole refinancing component of that strategy. And I'll try and explain it very briefly. If you buy a property with a mortgage or a bridging loan, and then you add value, at some point you want to take out a new mortgage, which is gonna be a percentage of the new value. So if you've grown the value of the property by 20,000 pounds, by doing refurbishments, by making improvements, adding bedrooms, whatever it may be, then once that's all done, your property is worth more. And that means you can then do a new mortgage or a refinance for 75% of the new valuation. Because generally speaking, that's what a, uh, an investment mortgage will allow. You can borrow up to 75% of the value of the property. So if you increase the value, that means you can borrow more. And so if you borrow at the beginning when you buy that property based on the purchase price, and then you increase the value, that's when you refinance to release the value that you've added. Now, you can do that straight away. You can take a bridging loan and you can uh, then, which is basically a short-term mortgage effectively, um, you can take a bridging loan and you can pay it off as soon as the job's done by taking out a new mortgage, refinancing for the new value. Hopefully, hopefully that makes sense. Or you could buy a property with a standard buy-to-let mortgage maybe a, a two-year fixed rate or something like that, and then refinance in two years. One way or another, you have that cash in that pot. You've increased the value of that property, and that will enable you at some point to release that money from that cash pot, either into your pocket or into a new property, another property. So I hope that makes sense. And I tried to explain it as best I could to this young lady. Um, and it was a good chat. So um, we worked out at the end that, yep, she's uh, she's gonna work out exactly what money she's got and, and when she has access to it all. And then I'm gonna try and link her up with some very well uh, reputable, trusted sourcing agents up in the Northeast um, so that she can start investing. And it was a really good call actually. And it was nice to see somebody who's obviously younger and has ambitions and some intelligence 
about money to, to realize that she wants to grow that money. It was a really good call, I really enjoyed it. So I thought I'd summarize that for you. Um, lot of information to try and squeeze into one little episode here, but I just thought it's good to summarize these things just in case there's anybody else who's in a similar position um, that wants to invest. So hopefully you've got a few tips from all of that. And if you have, let me know. If you would like a discovery call yourself, if you're thinking of investing yourself, then let me know and we can book something in and I'll help as best as I can. But for now, I'm gonna park my car and I will speak to you all on the next one. Take care, bye-bye.